So I have been a parent for 20 years. I don't know how that is even possible if I'm only 28. Haha, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but I had Aiden at 26 years old and yesterday he turned 20. I cannot even believe it. So today I'm going to go through what I have learned in the last 20 years of being a mom. And it has been the biggest joy to be a mother. Aiden was my first one, but then I was blessed by two more biologically and then two more bonus kids. And I by no means know everything about being a mom, but I do know some pay it forward trips, tips and tricks that I would love to share with you today. So tune in. Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis. After being widowed at 38 with three little kids and now blending our family with a man that made my heart come back to life, I know that it is hard to calm the chaos through life's ups and downs. If you are lost in the overwhelm of motherhood, if you're trying to be mindful of true self-care again, or if you need to find simple ways to detox your life, mind, and home, come to The Well our online wellness collaborative of coaches where you can find restoration through natural wellness, inner healing, and faith that brings freedom to your heart. In the Bible, the woman at the well went to the well for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. Grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. So when Aiden was born, in 2003, I was over the moon. My delivery did not go the way that I had wanted to. I ended up with a C-section for failure to progress. I was induced what I, on what they were saying. I was a week late, but I knew that I was right on time with my first baby and that he had just measured differently the whole entire time. Then they thought that there was meconium, so they wanted to induce me and ended up failure to progress even after trying to thin the cervix for 24 hours and then given Pitocin, I had back labor. So I've never even learned what it felt like to have real labor, like in the front contractions. And it took me a little bit to get over that, but then I was just over the moon with being a mom. I was so blessed to be home with my kids when they were little. I spent every day just setting up schedules for them and playtime and going out with friends and taking them to church and getting them dressed up, especially Aiden. He had the cutest little curls, so I would give him a bath in the morning and scrunch him up and we'd go run our errands. And it was honestly a dream come true. And that is not to say, though, that there's not some major challenges that motherhood brings. And so here are my top eight things that I would love to share with you today. And maybe if you've been a mom for three weeks or for 35 years, you should stop and write down some things that you have learned, your takeaways so far. Because as I'm working on the Purpose Pursuit that launches on Monday, I'm so excited for those of you who are going to jump into that program with me. 
I haven't actually said the name of it, so now you know. It's all about finding yourself, finding your purpose again, getting in alignment, looking at your roles and responsibilities, and then dreaming again and finding ways that you're going to not only serve the people that you love, but serve yourself and take care of yourself again. So I think that it's so important in our role of being a mom to really know where we're headed, to have a map. Um, But that being said, number one is every day is so different and every child is so different. The strategies that worked for Aiden did not work day to day because he's a growing, changing, learning, struggling, succeeding little boy. Same with all of the kids that I've had after him. They are all so different. And so you just need to give yourself so much grace because you're going to be having good days and bad days. They're going to be having good days and bad days. And and like I said, they are changing so quickly. They grow before our very eyes. And so just to have grace that every day is different and just that you will pray and ask for guidance, God will give it to you to handle every situation that comes at you. That being said, number two is you have to have a plan. I really, really recommend reading some books that are um, just for people that are maybe ahead of you in the process, different psychologists, different pastors, different speakers. Um, Some of the go-to books that I read were David Lehman's books, um, Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours, and he teaches the concept of reality discipline, that every action has a natural consequence, and so you don't have to be constantly making threats and counting to three, that you just say, oh, you did this? This is the natural consequence. And it's really good as kids get older, too, because... If they don't wake up in the morning, they don't get to school on time. They they just learn that if they lose a toy, it's not replaced. There's just a natural consequence for things. And so that book made a really big impact on me, Um, as well as some different classes that I took from a psychologist at my church. I've talked about him on the podcast before. His name was Lauren. And he just softened your heart about child development and where your kids are at. And he just always talked about savoring every one of those moments in the car ride from sports or to and from school where you're able to just calm yourself and talk to your kids, just get to know them and teach them to see their lives through what the Bible says. And then I also had another psychologist. He was actually from Australia And he talked just about the natural, just how everyone is a sinner and that we are all looking for those dopamine things, those rewards, those feel-good chemicals, and that when we understand that our children are basically little sinners as well as we are, that we have to see things in light of how we were made so that we're not shocked when they're naughty. We're not like, oh my gosh, I'm an awful parent, but just that we understand that human condition. And also to learn, he kind of started my journey, I would say, of discovering that I really need to have a self-care plan. Because when we find ourselves in emergency zone and stressed out, 
we began to live in, in that fight or flight mode and we need to do things to calm our nervous system so that we can parent and reason using our full brain <laughs> rather than just our fight or flight. And so those were really, really big takeaways. So have a plan and as well as just not just for love and discipline, but also just a schedule, just not, I wasn't like a perfectly scheduled parent. My kids were really flexible in their sleep and in their eating patterns. They were really easygoing. We always had them up at the church and at different houses for parties late at night. They would go to bed in a pack and play wherever. But I just mean to be scheduling out things and preparing the kids for what's ahead I think it's so important for kids to know what to expect. Just like you wouldn't like waking up in a strange place, I think it was just always really good to set the intention for the day, set the intention for tomorrow, so that kids feel really well taken care of and that they know where those boundaries are. Number three I've already mentioned, but it's so important. I think that the best way for you to be a mother is to take good care of yourself that if you are exhausted and depleted and feel like a victim to your life, you never get to stop. You're not teaching other people how you need to be treated, how you need to recharge. Um, that if our kids see us just constantly giving, giving, giving and never recharging, that we're gonna teach our sons that that's acceptable for their future wives and our daughters that it's just not okay for them. And when we talk about a self-care plan, we also need to teach our children that, that whether it's taking some quiet time in their room or that they need to be unplugged from their screens so that their brains can just be creative and think and get a break from those dopamine hits. All of those self-care plan action items that you're doing for yourself, you are in turn paying forward to your children. And so it's so important for them to see us exercise and move and be quiet and read and go to church and spend time with friends and do date nights and be putting good music on and just recharging. As humans, God wants us to be created or creative because we were created in his image. And so he took time to rest. We must, must take time to rest. We are not going to get a gold medal for being the most exhausted mother out there. Number four is that God must be seen as the one that is in control. I think so many times we think of our children as ours and they are actually given to us on loan. Um, they are God's. He has ordained the days of their lives. He knows how he created them with different traits from their dad, different traits from their mom, but he created them and they are his and he is in control. And so you can't save your kids from everything, that you have to have that, just that reassurance that he loves them even more than you do, that he is the one that gets to guard them. And yes, you get to teach them and you get to keep them safe, but that ultimately he is the one in control and they are his. I think even just that attitude in our hearts will take us so much further as a parent rather than thinking that it's all on us and all of the pressure and all of the success is all on us. I think that it's just not healthy for parents. 
Number five is really let your kids be critical thinkers. Again, just how God is in control, your children need to be in control of themselves too. That we can give them those critical thinking skills that they get themselves out of solutions, that they take some risks. That it, I think it's so sad that so much of the uh, jungle gyms and swings and different things are being taken down from parks that we got to play in and when we were little. We have to put our let our kids be in danger. We have to let them get the C or the D. We have to talk to them about bigger things going on in the world and not just telling them always what to think, but guiding them in what is true, guiding them in what the Bible says, guiding them on what science also says, and then letting them put those pieces together and teaching them and guiding them along the way, but encouraging them to be critical thinkers. Um, For me, this has meant not guarding them from everything. And now, you know, now that um, homeschooling is so much more popular and that there's ways to do it with co-op situations where you're doing it still in community, I think that maybe it would have been a really good fit for me. But at the time, things were just very different and I didn't do that. But I love those homeschooling programs where kids are just really able to do research and take the time to think about different things. And then when I think of Aiden in particular, I feel like he has always just been very discerning. I think all of my children are, but I think that he has just had the confidence to set his own opinions and to challenge things. And I just think that that's really healthy for kids. Number six, speaking of health, is don't give them everything. Say no. (laughs) Teach your kids the value of a dollar and that hard work is how you get what you want in life. And just to say no, I just, I think that kids that are given everything that they want all of the time, it's not just about being spoiled, it's about not understanding how the world works. And I see that as a detriment to so many kids. Um, Closely related to that is number seven, which is don't give in. Basically, say what you mean and mean what you say and follow through. And I have not done this perfectly in the slightest, but I know those certain times where you're battling your children's will, where it's just a fight and they are not going to give in. I think that winning those fights, not giving in, is so important for them to see you as authority, for them to throw the temper tantrum or get mad or get frustrated and know that you are going to be never changing, always steady, and that your word means something. I think that that is so important. I think that it shapes and molds the way that we also see God and I just want to encourage you to do what you say and to Just keep your word true. Don't give in to those little things for your children. They will respect you so much more in the long run for it. And number eight is health. Their health is really in your hands. They can buck you on things. They can be critical thinkers. You can build the plane in the air, so to speak. But teaching your kids what God has given for their bodies to thrive is so important. 
again, not giving in on all the junk food or whatever they want, making them eat a wide array of foods and vegetables and getting exercise and teaching them to not have so many chemicals in the house and an overabundance of electronics and screen time, just that holistic health plan for them is so important. The more that I, the older that the kids have gotten now and I see and they see how many of their friends, you know, just have so many chemicals in the house, have, are able to eat whatever they want, are, have no limit on sugar, you know, they're just shocked by it because we had a lot of balance in the house. I had junk food. My kids have, well, they wish that they could have like fruit snacks or the fruit by the foot things. I really, really drew the line at a lot of red dyes and blue dyes. But I mean, we had junk food in the house, just not fully toxic that things that are not food whatsoever. But as they see how other people have lived and even that we take care of ourselves with essential oils when we're coming down for a cold and that we use natural cleaning supplies and they kind of loved it at the beginning and then they started to think that I was kind of weird. But as they get older now, they're coming around to the intentionality that I had for them and I cared for their bodies in this way that might be very different from other people, but I think that they're seeing the benefit. So this is just the list that I came up with quickly on the top of my head. Um, they're definitely not in order of importance because that number four, that God is the one in control. He's the one that holds them. He's the one that has them. He's the one that has ordained their steps. That is by far the first thing. I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but um, I was raised Lutheran. My dad was a Lutheran minister, and we baptize infants as Lutherans. And for me, I have always baptized my kids when they were only 10 days old. And for me, that just meant that they, I'm just giving them, giving them to him, asking him to be the one steering the ship, asking him to be the one filling them with the Holy Spirit and guarding them and keeping their minds and that has been the biggest gift to me. Of course, I did it for them. But for me, it's been one of the biggest gifts to me as a mom is just feeling that they were gods from the very, very beginning of their lives. I see as a Lutheran, I see baptism as something that God does, not something that we need to choose, that it's just a gift. And it has been so just putting my mind at ease their whole entire lives that they have been given to God from the very beginning of their lives. And so make your list. What are the most important things that you have come away with parenting or from parenting? And if you have children, you've been entrusted with the next generation. You've been entrusted with God's army, with people that will spread his truth and his light to the next generation for the future. And it is a scary job, but I think when we know how much God is in control and that we were just given these gifts to steward them well, that it's just, it's a blessing. It's a gift. We don't take it lightly, but we are just forever, forever grateful that we got to take care of these babies. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the Well podcast. 
please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the well.